and welcome to series three of A Coffee With, a C&D podcast where I sit down with some of pharmacy's most inspirational women to find out how they got to where they are today. I'm Emily Stern, a reporter at C&D, and in every episode, I'll be talking to a different woman in pharmacy to chat about their career highs and lows, their aspirations and fears, and everything in between. So, pour yourself a cuppa and join me for the latest instalment of A Coffee With. My guest today is Ade Thamalola Oshi Ajuri, the specialist lead pharmacist at HMP Wandsworth. After graduating from the University of Manchester, she worked in community pharmacy before taking up an opportunity as a clinical prison pharmacist 10 years ago in Greenwich Prisons, HMP Balmarsh, Thameside and Isis. Now, as a specialist lead pharmacist at HMP Wandsworth, she manages a team of pharmacists and oversees the prison's clinical and operational pharmaceutical services. So welcome, Ade, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for the invite. Let's start off by talking about how you got into pharmacy. What prompted you to study pharmacy? It all started back in sixth form when you had to kind of choose what career path you wanted to go into. So I've always been into the sciences. My mum comes from a dental background. So it's either being actually a lawyer or a pharmacist. It's actually between both of them. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. But after speaking to teachers back at school and also seeing what my friends were going into, and I think we had someone come in talking about their career in pharmacy, it was actually then when I looked into it more and actually thought, actually, it's actually a career option that I would like to explore more and decided, yep, that's what I want to do. Let's head off to uni and give it a shot. Could you give us an overview of your career so far? So did my pre-reg in community. Prior to that, I was at the University of Manchester. So did my pre-reg in Day-Lewis community for a year. Passed my pre-reg, thank gosh. And then from there, did a bit of locum in for a while because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to go into hospital, whether I wanted to continue with community. And then from there, I got an opportunity to go into prison pharmacy. I just thought, well, let me just give it a shot. Never heard about it. Give it a go and just see how it is. And I've been doing prison pharmacy now for the last 10 years in and outside London um, with the NHS. So, yeah, it just kind of was just something I was offered as a locum job. And I've just stuck with it, became substantive and been there for the last 10 years. When you had that offer, what was it about prison pharmacy that interested you? I think it was the opportunity to help the most vulnerable and just to see how pharmacy can work in such an environment because it is such a niche and it's not something you're exposed to during your pharmacy career. So that was quite interesting to me to see how I can grow as a pharmacist because it was a mixture of community because you've got the dispensing, labelling aspect, but you also got the clinical aspect, which is a mixture of hospitals. So I got the best of both worlds. So that really interested me to continue. And I had a really good mentor at that time who was really passionate about prison pharmacy. And I kind of just got the bug off from her. And I was like, okay, let me just see how it goes. She was really passionate and that kind of instilled in me to pursue it as a career and give it a go. What are the main differences you found working as a prison pharmacist compared to in community or hospital? I think the biggest differences is that in prison pharmacy, 
as a pharmacist, pharmacy department, you literally cover everything. Your medicines information, your medicines management, your screening, your dispensing and labelling, your administering medication to patients, your counselling. So we cover everything within such a small department. Whereas, for example, in the hospital sector, you have different departments within hospital and pharmacists doing that. So we kind of cover a broader sense of everything within such a small department within such a specialized environment so I would say that is what the differences are really apart from that the legal aspects of everything and what we're supposed to do in terms of our standards are exactly the same. So what do you think the biggest misconceptions are then around prison pharmacy? There's no opportunity of growth I've done all of my qualifications in prison pharmacy. I've done my clinical diploma, done my independent prescribing. I'm now on the advanced clinical practitioner course. So there's opportunity for growth as your own personal development. There's growth itself within the establishment and within the services as well to move upwards and learn. And you have different sense of exposure. And I think also, not just for pharmacy, but also for pharmacy technicians and assistants as well, they have the opportunity to develop and gain skills and gain training. I think that's a misconception. Another misconception is that prison pharmacy is just limited to dispensing medication. It's much broader than that. There's a lot more that we do and we offer. So that will what it will be. So as a prison pharmacist, what are the biggest medicines challenges you faced? I think the biggest challenge is adhering to what the legal requirements, GPAC standards that we need to abide to by law, ensuring it fits within a secure environment and ensuring we're abiding with the rules of the secure environment itself. So that can be quite challenging sometimes. So it involves a lot of close working with the prison for them to understand it from our perspective, to understand it from their perspective and see how we can work together to ensure patients get their meds, patient safety is not compromised, but we're ensuring that the security of the environment is not compromised as well. I think that is the biggest challenge. You have to kind of see things from a prison's perspective, not only from a pharmaceutical perspective as well. So when you were training, did you have much knowledge or awareness of what a prison pharmacist involved? Nothing at all. (laughs) I think at uni, and I think it's like that now, like he's mentioned earlier when we're talking, the talks that I've done is still hospital and community that's kind of pushed as the main options within pharmacy. Rarely is prison pharmacy, health and justice prison pharmacy ever talked about. So I think definitely more can be done to expose prison pharmacy and the niche that it is and what it has to offer as an individual and for those that we're treating as well. And I hope by doing this podcast as well, it just broadens people's interest in prison pharmacy and health and justice healthcare as well. Definitely. So if people listening, why would you encourage them into this line of work? I think it's a hugely rewarding career. I think it says a lot that I've been in this sector for the last 10 years. So I think it's hugely rewarding. You're helping the most vulnerable. I think it doesn't get the recognition that it, it should do and people respecting that the work that is done, not by just prison pharmacy, but all of healthcare within secure environment. I think it's just hugely rewarding. It has its challenges, but the challenges help you grow and help you develop. 
You learn a lot. You're exposed to all kinds of patients with different challenges and healthcare needs. And you work with lots of different healthcare professionals. You're working with dentists, doctors, nurses, substance misuse specialists, and also you're working with the prison as well. So you interact with lots of different professionals as well. So what would you say has been some of the biggest challenges working within prison? The biggest challenge we've had in the last two years has been the COVID pandemic. (laughs) We were still expected to provide a safe and efficient pharmaceutical services whilst maintaining the health and well-being of the staff and also of the prisoners. No, I wouldn't say difficult, but it was a challenge at the start to try and find that balance, especially with our services. We have pharmacy technicians administering medication to patients. So we had to kind of review how that was done to ensure, obviously, we're the ones coming into the environment. So we're more likely probably to bring it in. So we had to ensure we were being safe for the safety of those that were treated, still making sure people are being medicated as their prescriptions has been and ensure that we have enough staff to run a service as well. So I think that's been a challenge for the last two years and just adapting to the pandemic. And I think overall, I must commend my team. They've been absolutely fantastic in the last two years and been truly adaptable and taking it head on and, and just pushing through. Do you think the changes you've had to make because of the pandemic will be sustained? Has that changed the way pharmacy works within prisons now? Yes, we've developed a stronger working relationship with them um, in terms of our role as pharmacists, pharmacy technicians. So that has definitely been one of the positives of the pandemic. And also it kind of made the patients more aware of what pharmacists do and what pharmacy technicians do and what our role involves and we've had a lot of thank yous and people acknowledging the work that we've done and ensuring that they get the medications and ensuring they're being looked after so that's been really good. Talking about your career more in general what has been the biggest challenge you've faced so far? I would say I've been quite fortunate Yes, I'm a woman. I'm also a black woman. And obviously both of those together in the real sense of the word has its misconceptions put together. And I think in the last two years, that's been quite evident with what's been going on with social media. But my managers and the trust have been really supportive. So I've never really had those as a a barrier to help me pursue and move forward in my career as a pharmacist. They've always been pushing me to kind of go to the next level. Usually me saying, no, I think I'm okay. (laughs) But it's usually them saying, actually, no, you can do more, do more. And we'll give you the opportunity and we'll support you. Um, So I would say my managers and my trust have been really supportive. So when there's things I've been unsure about, they've always found a solution to support me and make sure that I move forward in my career. What's the biggest challenge you face as a woman in pharmacy? I think that women make good leaders. I think there's always the misconception that women are quite emotionally led. But I think our emotions are a strength. And our emotions help us sometimes to make sometimes better decisions, but help us reflect more on the decisions that we've made. So it's not that our emotions are a weakness, but instead are a strength. So I think that's been the challenge, I would say, for myself. Would you like to go into more leadership roles within pharmacy? Is that one of your farm's goals? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to go into more leadership 
opportunities. I would like to get involved, I guess, things like this, speaking up about more about prison pharmacy, writing in publications. I would say that the world is my oyster, really. It's just grabbing everything that I can do and if opportunities are offered, taking it on board and not letting fear get the best of you and holding you back. Could you tell us a little bit about the talks you've done to encourage people to work within prison pharmacy or health and justice pharmacy? First one I did was back in 2020 with the Royal Pharmaceutical Society and that was for students and just talking about the different career options within pharmacy. So that was just pre-COVID and I did one earlier on this year for the Black Pharmacist Initiative and that's with the University of Greenwich and there's again speaking to Black students about different career options within pharmacy that is available for them and it was really important for me to do this kind of talk because one of the feedbacks I got back from the Royal Pharmaceutical Society one was that they don't see a lot of black women at the top or they don't see a lot of black women being represented when such talks are being held and that kind of took me by surprise but when you kind of reflect on it I was thinking actually that was kind of the same for me at university and if it hasn't changed in the last 10 years that's a bit worrying so hearing that feedback kind of wanted me to do more talks and kind of represent and say it's actually completely possible you can get to the top you can achieve the goals that you want to achieve within your career are these talks something you'd like to do more of in the future absolutely yeah if the opportunity arises then definitely yeah my trust has been very supportive of that actually as well could you talk to me about some of the career highlights? Yes, my current position as the lead pharmacist in one of the estates in London has been a career highlight for myself and implementing change. That's been successful. That's been really good for me. The talks that I've done have been career highlights because I didn't think it was even possible. Sometimes you're just in your own little world and you're just thinking, no one's really going to notice me. So that's been a career highlight. I think mentoring other pharmacists as well been career goals and highlights i would definitely say that so going back to your health and justice pharmacy could you tell us a little bit about what it is why it's important and why not enough people are working in it one of the main focus i would say is to ensuring that we're providing pharmaceutical services that they would get in the community within the secure estates so they see pharmacists, they have that interaction with pharmacists, they get the medication prescribed, clinically green, they get the necessary blood tests. And we offer that to all patients within the environment. We do medicines management audits, control drug audits, everything that you would do within a community or hospital setting. And it's just to ensure that the healthcare they receive matches the community and then when they leave, the secure environment they feel empowered and educated enough to continue to look after themselves in the community and look after their health as well so not just within under our care but encourage them and empower them to look after themselves when they leave our establishment as well i think why a lot of people are not doing it i think it's because it's not really well known it's such a, a niche area that if you ask someone what is prison pharmacy? I don't think anyone will be able to elaborate about it unless you work in the field and it's not exposed at a uni, it's not exposed at a pre-reg, which is something that we're trying to change. It's just not out there enough 
for people to be informed and knowledgeable about it and know that it is a career option and that it's hugely rewarding and fulfilling. What steps do you think need to be taken in order for perceptions to change? It needs to be talked about at uni. It needs to be as part of the options as your career. I think it also needs to have more pre-regs involved as our trust we're now we're looking into to kind of get people when they're doing the pre-regs to see this other aspect for pharmacy so that they are aware about it. So it's something that we are doing. If you're aware about it at uni, then you know it's an option for you. It just borders your knowledge and you'd be more inquisitive to look into it or say, actually, I want to get in contact with someone and come in for a day and just see how it's like. If you're just exposed to community and hospital, at uni, you do go to hospitals. I can't remember 10 years ago now, but I think I went once a week for like hospital experience. And then you had the opportunity over summer to do community. There's nothing like that within unis for prison pharmacy. And that's something that could be explored. What piece of advice do you think you wish you'd been given at the start of your career? Have a mentor. Have a mentor. So important. I think a mentor pushes you. A mentor gives you guidance. And you're able to talk to your mentor about things to do with work or anything personal. If you're comfortable with that individual that you think could be affecting your career and what you need to do next. I've been quite fortunate to have good mentors all the way. Having a mentor is so, so important. Who are some women in pharmacy that you particularly admire and why? There's actually been a few. I've always been led by women in the last 10 years in pharmacy. All my managers have always been women and they've always been such good leadership. They've been driven, they've been knowledgeable. So my current managers like Vicky Bradnam and Samaya Hussein. They've been fantastic. I've worked with them seven, eight, nine years now. So they've always been there to support. My post-pre-reg mentor, she was fantastic, uh, Marilyn. And then I think my current colleague, Ola, she's a young mother with two toddlers. And that hasn't stopped her pursuing her goals. Still going to uni to get further qualification. And she's like, I still want to reach my goals, regardless if, if I'm a mother, I still want to pursue them. And I think really admirable. Could you describe your day-to-day job? Every day is different in prison pharmacy. You never know what you're going to expect. So I would say my day-to-day is I oversee the services from a clinical and operational point of view. So my day-to-day is to ensure we have enough staff to support in medicine administration on areas within the establishment, make sure prisoners are getting the medication um, three times a day. I'm also involved in management of staff. So I manage a team of pharmacists, technicians and assistants. can be involved in different kinds of meetings with different stakeholders from the prison to different people within healthcare, so doctors and nurses, training as well, and non-pharmacy staff. Yeah, it's quite broad, actually. Just sometimes when I think about what what I do is kind of have your hands in everything, your medicines, information, you're helping, you're supporting staff with their training and getting them on courses, making sure you're running a service for a prison, making sure you're supporting the doctors and nurses when it comes to medication and what advice they should give or what medication should be prescribed. And then ensuring that we're getting the supply of medications into the establishment to give to prisoners as well. So it's just broad sense of different things that I 
get up to on a day-to-day basis. Did a talk you've done, one was for the Black Pharmacist Collective. What other work have you done with them? So that was kind of the first work that I've done with them. I think one of the individuals that's part of the initiative actually attended the student tour that I did in 2020 and remembered me from there and got in contact with me and said, actually, would you like to do that? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I've told them I'm open to do anything else. If people have questions about prison pharmacy, they have my contact email address if they have questions or they can find me on LinkedIn as well. More than happy to help and see how else I can support them. This year's International Women's Day theme is to break the bias. So how will you be breaking the bias this year? I thought long and hard about this question, actually, trying to just find out what I would say. But from my perspective, and I can only say from my own experience, is that as a woman that once you have children, it's not the end of your career. Your career kind of just started because you want to prove to your child that you can achieve anything. So I, I think that's one thing that's quite important, that just because you've had a kid doesn't mean you're going to be a stay-at-home mom or you want to do re- reduced hours or your drive is not the same. Your drive is probably a lot more. On top of your other responsibilities, you want to achieve a lot more. Like I mentioned earlier about being that woman, sometimes because we're emotional or we're known as an emotional beings and that we're quite em- emotionally led and we're not going to make good leaders. It's completely the opposite. I think it's a strength. It's not a liability. It's not a weakness at all. It plays to us. And I think also as women, yes, we can be mothers, we can be wives, and we can still have a career. We can multitask. And we can do it all. And we shouldn't be afraid to do it all. And we shouldn't let other individuals' thoughts or what we think other people will think about us influence what we want to do with ourselves and our career. We shouldn't have a glass ceiling for ourselves, even if society has it there. I'd love to get back to your day-to-day job. How has your role changed over the last 10 years? Or how has pharmacy within prisons changed in the last 10 years? It's changed a lot. And I've been fortunate to be a part of all of that change. When I started out, it was literally the dispensing and labelling aspect. And we were trying to push out more to have more of those patient interactions. And that is what is happening now. So we have independent prescribing pharmacist-led clinics. We have pharmacist-led clinics. We have medicine reconciliation carried out by pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. We have technicians carrying out medicine administration within the establishment. Yeah, I would say that's how it's grown in the last 10 years. And as it's grown, the staff numbers have grown as well because you need the people to kind of do it. Um, I think that definitely has grown. I think having more medicines management policies within prison pharmacy has definitely grown as well to ensure we're abiding by the rules and regulations and we're mirroring what is done in the community and ensuring that those that we're serving within the secure environments are getting the same level of care. I'm excited to see what the next 10 years hold because I think in the last 10 years we've done so much and one thing about the trust that I work with we're always trying to see what can we do next how can we expand and provide excellent pharmaceutical services and just see what's out there so how do you hope it will change over the next 10 years for prison pharmacy to be a recognized career option definitely 
I think to have like probably rotations for pharmacy undergraduates within prison pharmacy, have more prescribers, more pharmacy led clinics, utilizing the pharmacy technicians as well to run clinics as well. Um, Warfarin clinics, for example, blood pressure clinics, utilizing the skills that they have gained and that we can give them support and training for. So I've asked what advice you wish you'd been given at the start of your career. What advice would you give yourself now if you were able to speak to your free range self? I've always had people say, oh, you can always do it. I've always been the one to say, oh, no, I can't. I, I just kind of stay still. It's just that just go for your goals, seek advice steep mentorship and don't be fearful just know that you're capable of doing it and do it well and just continue to have the passion that you have I think if you're passionate about the work that you do you'll always enjoy it and you always want to do better not just for yourself but for those that you're serving everyone always says I'm very passionate but I love what I do Um, I can't deny it I love what I do so yeah be passionate You mentioned the the importance of mentors. Would you be a mentor yourself? Is that something you'd like to do? Yeah, I would love to be. I kind of take my junior pharmacists, people that I mentor. I just love it. I love teaching. I love training them. I like pushing them to what they can be and what they could be. And like when they do say they're moving on, I'm not actually sad. I'm sad a bit because they're leaving my service, but I'm not sad because they're moving on one upwards. And that's what I always want for people that I work with is that you move upwards in your career. You feel more confident and you have felt supported by myself. So yeah, I would love to be a mentor. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm flattered. Thank you. That was Ada Thamanola Oshi Ajuri, the specialist lead pharmacist at HMP Wandsworth. We spoke about the biggest misconceptions of working in health and justice pharmacy, how the role of a prison pharmacist has changed over the last decade, and the importance of having a mentor who understands you. For more news and updates on CMB's Women in Pharmacy group, please visit the CMB community via our website, chemistandruggist.co.uk. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.